previously on Timehole. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Welcome to the 23rd of December, 1979. It's the era of disco and punk rock. 1979, December, it's almost Christmas. I would say of all the times, this is one that you and I are especially a fan of. I'm actually really excited about what Adele's going to tell us to watch. It better be something good. You must watch Trapper John M. Please review post-punk and new wave music. What did you do? I'm not watching anything called Trapper John MD. I don't know what it is. I'm not watching it. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Working in the garage late one night, producer and computer programmer Gabe Dannon was attempting to create a sentient podcasting AI when he accidentally stumbled upon the code for time travel. With the materials he had at hand, Gabe built a machine he was certain would carry him into the past. With his trusty friend Anastasia Vigo by his side, he embarked on the maiden voyage. But an error in the machinery sent the duo hurling through random dates, unable to move on until they review a work of pop culture. Are Gabe and Anastasia forever trapped in the time hole? You who is listening to this podcast, please help. Uh, my co-host and I are, are trapped in a time hole, and we could really use your help. We're honestly fed up. <laughs> We're fed up. It's been, uh, what, seven weeks yeah. or more now, mm-hmm. and we miss everybody. Uh, we miss the cool grass of 2023 at our feet. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, that grass in 2023. Mm -hmm. It was so cool. I just, you know, I was always putting my toes in it. And now it's like all this stanky old grass in the past. (laughs) And whose toes were we talking about? We were talking about the toes of my co-host, Anastasia. And my co-host, Gabe. Yeah, I have toes too. Um, <laughs> and we are in 1979. Right? Yeah. The Smashing Pumpkins knew exactly what we're going through right now. Exactly. They're singing just to us. I won't do the voice because I'm told it's annoying. <laughs> Um, in 2023, Smashing Pumpkins, at least the lead singer is a weird QAnon freak. Oh, yeah. 1979, probably a child. Probably yeah. a little kid. So. He probably looked like a little Charlie Brown. <laughs> no hair. <laughs> a little hairless child with just like three or four little wispies on his head. Mm-hmm. Always trying to smash the pumpkin, but Lucy pulls it away at the last second. <laughs> Yeah, I think we've connected something here. Someone draw mm-hmm. that up for us. Smashing great pumpkins, Charlie Brown. <laughs> but yeah, we're in 1979. Uh, Gabe, how do you feel about 1979? Neither of us were born yet, but we are on the cusp of being born. 
Yeah, I mean, um, how do I feel about it? I don't, I don't know what to expect. I think it'll be fun. Um, my parents are around. They're being in. They're being, you know, real hippies in San Francisco. Oh hell probably yeah! Probably doing, probably doing some drugs. Oh my god, I can't believe that. Um and yeah, I don't know. There's, there's. I feel like there's so much going on culturally at this point in time, and I don't even know how to how I'll be able to wrap my head around it. Yeah, I. You know. Okay, so my parents were also around. They were young parents they were teen Mm -hmm. parents they had kids in high school so my brother and sister were born already my sister was just a wee baby you know my parents loved the 70s i mean it was the late 70s anyways they graduated high school they were you know super into star wars Um, oh yeah yeah my parents are kind of pop culture freaks um, my brother was named after Sean Cassidy. My sister was named after Princess Leia. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm the loser that doesn't have a pop culture name. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it became one later. That's true. When they That's made true. the movie. My parents were like, you better make a movie. <laughs> to DreamWorks or whoever made that Anastasia movie. Yeah. Which I, I assume is an original story, which was created at the time. <laughs> Not based on anything. Not based on anything. My life story? Just kidding. Your life story. But that being said, so I grew up with a lot of 70s pop culture. I loved the 70s growing up. I loved the music, especially the late 70s. I always wish I had been, you know, alive during that time just because I just heard so much about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, you know, everybody who was a little bit older than me that I looked up to was like a 70s kid. So, mm-hmm. you know, I got the hand-me-down records and the all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So this. So this I'm excited sh- to see it. Yeah. Yeah. This should be interesting. So we kind of forced this situation. You did, Gabe, really. I mean, I was a bystander, but I, I went agree with what you did. Um, you lost your mind. Mm-hmm. You hacked into the system. <laughs> yeah, I I heard her trying to assign us Trapper John, mm-hmm. MD, which is mm-hmm. a TV show. I would guess is about a doctor who also like hunts bears. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> um, but I didn't want to watch it, and so. Yeah. Uh, I used my programming skills. I hacked into her and I had her, her change the assignment to something that I could be excited about for once. Yeah. So this kind of went against her wishes. So I can't imagine she's very happy about it. How are you feeling, Adele? I'm not speaking to either of you right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I think she's upset. We're getting the silent treatment. <laughs> okay. So Adele's, I guess, mad at us. Come on, Adele. This is going to be fun. We're still in 1979. How would you like it if I reprogrammed you? (laughs) Oh, Jesus. I mean, yeah, I guess I wouldn't like it. I don't know how you would do that. Yeah, I guess I wouldn't like it either. I'm imagining various shock treatments or something. (laughs) Even though there are some things I would like to be reprogrammed about my brain. (laughs) Maybe less anxiety. No, I would only do creepy stuff. No! 
uh, okay. So I guess maybe I I don't know. I've never dealt with a sentient, you know, AI before. I I didn't really know the proper etiquette for whether or not you should reprogram them. And if I overstepped my bounds, if I made you feel, you know, any less than, I, from the deepest and most sincerest place in my heart, apologize to you, Adele. Fuck off. (laughs) Okay. She's mad. I think we should just leave the time machine and let her, you know, cool down a little bit. Um, Yeah. I'll put her in sleep mode for a week and see what happens. <laughs> oh, no. She might be more mad when she wakes up. But yeah, I, I think we need to give her some space. Yeah. As we always do on Time Hole, the podcast, we will go our separate ways for a week, experience the year that we're in. Uh, it's Christmas time, 1979. Woo. We'll be back in a week and uh, we'll talk about it. Yeah. See you in a minute, Gabe. See you in a minute. Okay, 1979. Looking pretty cool so far. Very industrial. Hmm, what's that I smell? Hey, kid, you smoking weed over there? Oh, shit. Are you a narc? No, man, I want to smoke a 1979 joint. Share it with me. Fuck you, old man. I hate grown-ups. Yeah, I can see that's what it says on your shirt. But I can share, too. This is called a vape. It can get you high as hell. That little plastic flute can get you high? Hell yeah, get over here. Just push the little button down and drop. Nice. I need to get real high to ease the pain from my testicular torsion. I'm Mustang O'Malley, by the way. What's your name? Oh my god, I know you. I'm Gabe. You're my mentor in the future. I'm no mentor. Ever see a mentor with a switchblade comb? Actually, yeah. My friend Aaron Goldfish had one. He was a year ahead of me, so that's kind of like a mentor. It makes my hair look tough. Okay, whatever. The point is, I know you. I know about your big balls. Doctors say they're the biggest they've ever seen. I know about how you lost your virginity to an older cowgirl named Maribel. I've been in lust with her all year. And I know about how you found your dad's stash of centaur porn. Yeah, the old man really loves hooves. Wow, I guess you do know me. How did you travel back in time? Well, actually, you taught me everything I needed to know to make a time machine. Whoa. All I had to do was quantum mechanics. (gasps) That's called Bluetooth. Really? And then I... Wait a minute. If I told you... But now you're telling me, whose idea was it really? Um, man, we're both too high for this right now. (laughs) I know, man. Your little robot got me baked. Oh, shit, it's late. I gotta go home and watch Trapper John MD with my mom. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Uh, Well, I guess I'll see you in the future. And the past? Oh, man, you're freaking my bean. Bye, Gabe. Bye, young Mustang O'Malley. Hmm. I wonder if I could travel back in time someday to do a self-suck.
It's the biz seg, the segment about biz. That's hey. what it is. <laughs> is that the new slogan for biz seg? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. <laughs> It'd be nice if we could get some singers to be like, that's what it is. <laughs> I love this idea. Anyway, yes, this is the segment that we do every week on the show. We've got business that we just got to get out of the way. So why don't we just do it now? You know, Adele connects us with our time in 2023. She's created an Instagram that you have to follow. She's going to be so sad if you don't follow it, actually. She she checks the numbers constantly, and she's like, we don't have enough followers. And I was like, you're a bot. Get some bots to follow us. And she says no. But anyways, <laughs> our Instagram is Pod. Check it out. Our website is timehole.biz. You can contact us on the website or you can email us hello at timehole.biz. Also, you know what? Next week is going to be our our last uh, episode. Yeah. For this season. We're wrapping up the season. We only have an eight episode order with Adele. (laughs) But if you want to hear more, um, you should let us know. Get in touch via one of the methods that Anastasia just mentioned. If you wanted to, you know, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, that helps people find us and helps us make a decision on whether we should make more of it. Yeah, so, you know, reach out to us. Let us know what you think. What what do you want more of? What do you want less of? But, yeah, but be nice, mostly. <laughs> they can say they want less of me. It's okay. I no, don't care. No, everyone wants more Gabe no Everyone... they can they can and se- should say that Gabe refuses to accept the fact that everybody loves him and wants more of him and he's like just being a little coy boy <laughs> coy boy would be a good name for like a half fish person Like a fish superhero. <laughs> Some kind of fish superhero. Koi boy. Like Aquaman sidekick is Koi boy. <laughs> yeah. Aquaman sidekick is Koi boy. That's perfect. <laughs> okay, DC. Uh, please work on that for us. Yeah. And check. send the check in the mail to us. <laughs> <laughs> Gabe, do you... It, has Adele sent you any 2023 news uh, that you've particularly enjoyed? I did see something today where, that surprised me. Um, you know TV's Jimmy Fallon and how he just seems like just a genuinely nice and easygoing guy. <laughs> and it's not a very thin veneer covering up... Um, Darkness. You know, yeah, obvious darkness. Uh-huh. It turns out that he is also actually not not very nice. What happened? That's what I heard. I I don't know. There was a big expose in uh Variety or Rolling Stone. A lot of people came out, you know, anonymously saying that working with him is a nightmare. Um and uh wait, did, what's his What's his big bit? He's not carpool karaoke. What's his? He makes people play games. Like, oh, you have to like eat jigsaw. the weirdest food. <laughs> he is 
the jigsaw of late night. I've always said this. <laughs> you know what? Why does everyone think that everyone is nice all the time? Like, why assume that someone who has fought and bit and clawed their way to a powerful position is nice and like your friend and then you, it's never going to be what you want it to be. Yeah. Uh, first of all. Second of all, I recently heard that someone who worked for James Corden was like, it was great. I liked him. So wow. I was shocked by that. <laughs> I can assure listeners that Anastasia is nice, even though Aww. she has clawed and bit her way to host of Time Hole. <laughs> I haven't really done much clawing or biting, if I'm being perfectly <laughs> honest. I've just been hanging out, having a good time. No, but she keeps her claws and her teeth sharpened in case she ever has to. I just think it looks cool. I'm a, <laughs> I'm one of those vampire goths, you know? Yep. Anyways, BizSeg has gone on too long. We got to get back to the show. But first, Adele, do we have any messages from 2023? Yes, we have a listener email. Okay, let's hear it. Howdy. Chris in St. Pete, Florida, 2023 here. Attempting to send an email to you in whatever time you are in, hoping you are back home, of course, praying hands. We're in 79. I was thinking about different time travel fiction to try to mine ideas, and the stupidest thing that happened was I tried to search Engine the World Wide Web, and the only things that came up were science articles asking about time travel. Has fiction fallen so far in our imaginations? I hope this message finds you well and either in or out of a time hole. We're still in it, Chris. Oh, Chris, I wish we were out. But thank you so much for reaching out. Our good buddy, Chris N. in Florida. Mm-hmm. Miss you, guy. Great to hear from him. Uh, haven't seen him since our Las Vegas trip. Yeah, we, w we met up with him in Vegas. It was a great time. We went to the Punk Rock Museum, which is very appropriate for this episode. But yeah, you know, Gabe, I feel like time travel fiction goes back pretty far oh yeah the time machine is probably the the earliest yeah that's like 1895 that's so long ago i hope we never have to go back that far oh my god can you imagine that would be absolutely horrible time travel fiction is super important to me of course yeah the star trek team traveled through time all the time they had mm -hmm. to go back and meet the whales yeah um they had to go back and meet the guy who invented warp drive and stop the borgs mm -hmm. you know austin powers did he travel through time does that count as time travel if yeah you're... i think that i think that counts uh he was frozen and woke up in a new time i think you know Quantum Leap was a big TV show for me as a kid. Obviously, totally. Back to the Future was huge. All, one, two, and three. Like, my family loved all of them. Yeah, they're good. Uh, you know I'm a huge fan of the Time Traveler's Wife television show, but I've oh, yeah. never read the book or seen the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun concept in fiction, but unfortunately, it's a very real reality for Anastasia and I right now. So. And it sucks in reality. It sucks. Like it, It's a fun concept to play around with. But when you get down to it, 
if you go back in time, like all times are bad. Remember, yeah. that's our slogan. <laughs> if listeners have any favorite time travel stuff, oh, those guys from Primer. Who can forget those guys from Primer? <laughs> we can't forget those guys, those guys from Primer. We talk about them all the time. <laughs> Uh, um, gar- they did it in the garage like me. Mm-hmm. If you have a favorite uh, time travel fiction, let us know. Yeah. And that's it, right? Yeah. Thanks that's... for writing, Chris. We really appreciate it. We love to hear from you and hope to see you again soon. Yeah. And now back to the show. Stas, it's so good to see you again. Oh my God, this week was a whirlwind. It's been a real whirlwind. 1979 can be exhausting. Yeah, I'm I'm tired. My dogs are barking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. Um, I I gotta ask, how did you spend the week? Okay, as soon as I got to 1979, I decided to go to New York. This was a big time in New York in 1979, just culturally and pop culturally. But also, I don't know if you know this about me, but I love roller skating and I'm very good at it. Wow. I didn't know that about you. (laughs) I think, you know, only a few of my friends know because they want to go roller skating and I go with them and then I get out on the rink and I'm skating. I'm skating backwards. I'm doing little dances with my feet. And no one can help but be incredibly impressed. Well, no, usually people are like, you're showing off, calm down. Uh, But one time I went to Moonlight Rollerway here in Los Angeles with a couple of friends. And John C. Riley was there. And he was very good at roller skating. And he had a cute little like pork pie hat on. And he was just like skating around and I was trying to keep up with him. And it was like, I think he was sort of like excited that everyone was like having fun. He was by himself, by the way. (laughs) That's awesome. But I was very excited to hear in 1979, this very month, actually, that there's a popular film called Roller Boogie starring Linda Blair. (laughs) Ooh. Um, so I I here's a little clip from it for you. So you could see the kind of roller discoing that I was doing. Oh yeah. Whoa. Lots of arm movements. Going in a little train with five people. Lots of leotards and glitter. Purple pants. Backwards skating. Look at that guy. That's Linda Blair. She's pretty good. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so I was excited to see this movie and I'll have to go ice skating with you. I mean roller skating with you someday. Or are ice you, skating. Are you a roller skater? Dude? No, I'm terrible. I'm the least graceful person you've ever seen in your life. And I just fall down a lot. Well you can uh, I'll help you if you want, or if you don't want to skate, you can just play in the arcade like my brother used to do. When we were kids, this is like such a very specific time, late 80s, early 90s, in Tucson, Arizona, my mom would just drop us off at skate country, 
Mm-hmm. Like during the summer, she was like, we don't have air conditioning. I don't know what to do with these dang kids all day. So I'm going to drop them off at 11 a.m. when skate country opens and pick them up at 5 p.m. when skate country closes. And we would get a summer pass where it's like you pay like $30 and you can go all summer long. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and that's how you got good. That's how I got good. Um, so uh, when I was in film school, I became very into a sort of film movement, for lack of a better word, because it wasn't really a movement, but a group of artists who all lived near each other and worked together. Uh, that's called the No Wave movement. Yeah. And this was the height of No Wave, uh, or I guess the early 80s really was, but they were very active during this time. And sure. this is like Lower East Side, Manhattan. So I went down to the Lower East Side between 14th Street in Houston and Avenue B in Bowery. And I uh, really wanted to go see some music, first of all. So these were all kinds of artists. They were writers, filmmakers, musicians. Um, so I went to Max's Kansas City uh, to see James Chance and the Contortions. Oh, my God. And, yeah, I was so excited. Uh, so here's a little, a little example of what I saw. He's doing very fun dances. Yeah, he's contorting himself. Okay, I'll, I'll keep all these clips short because I've got a lot to get through. But I heard James Chance say one time that when he first started performing music, he wanted to be very in your face. So he would yeah. get into the crowd and actually like slap people around. Yeah. This is what the thing I know about him is that he would get into fist fights with the audience during yeah. the shows. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so after a while, venues would make him sign contracts to be like, you will not leave the stage. You will not yeah. interact with the audience. So that's when he came up with those dance moves because he was like, I just want to do something really weird because he's not playing an instrument. Uh, he's a vocalist. So he's like, I just want to be in your face in other ways. So he came up with these really like crazy contortion dance moves. That's amazing. You got to see that. I was so excited. Just being in Max's Kansas City was huge. There were right. so many people there. I saw John Lurie. I saw James Jarmish. I saw Susan Seidelman, Lydia Lunch, Steve Buscemi, John Michel Basquiat was there. Like, there were so many cool people. And I just, I didn't you talk were to anyone. No, oh, no, no. I was terrified. I was just, wow. you know what? I took up smoking. Because everyone was smoking. I just sat in the corner smoking cigarettes. Um, I couldn't help myself. I just was like taken in the sights. Hopefully they were like, oh, she's cool and mysterious. Um, also, you know what? I didn't change my clothes. I just wore my normal clothes because they didn't care. <laughs> yeah, right? All these artists. Totally. You know? So then I saw that the Bush Tetras were playing over at TR3. So I hopped over there, and here's the Bush Tetras playing uh, Too Many Creeps, one of their songs. Ben Stiller is in the Bush Tetras. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I love this song. I, I think one thing that, like, you know, people think of, like, punk and post-punk, and they think of this, like, intense music. But one thing I love about No Wave, it's a, it's kind of funky. <laughs> yeah. It's a, yeah. a lot of noise it is. also. Mm-hmm. But it can be very funky. Yeah. So for sure. then I was like, okay, I'm I'm seeing all these bands, all this music, but and all these venues had so many filmmakers. I was like, I want to go see some No Wave films. That's what I studied in grad school. I need to go see them. So I knew from studying this that there was a no wave owned and operated screening venue called the new cinema at 12 St. Mark's place. And they just played their own films over and over again. It was like $2 to get in. It was so great. So I saw Amos Poe's the foreigner starring one little cutie pie, Debbie Harry. Whoa. Well, not starring, but she's in it. And here's a cute scene with her in it. She's so cool looking with her big blonde hair. She looks incredible. Lighting is great. So she just sings this little song. This is like the, the little part that she's in. But that being said, she was in a bunch of No Way films because they were all like the thing that connects this movement is they were all just friends with no money making whatever interested them. And they were just putting their friends in their in their films. And um, Amos Poe was one of the sort of the the one who kicked off filmmaking really he influenced so many other people to start making movies and they said that um all the musicians became filmmakers and all the filmmakers became musicians and like john lurie was making movies even though he was a saxophone player you know um that that rules this is like something I, i romanticize because you can't be a penniless artist anymore because there's literally no place that yeah. you can live for as cheaply as they lived. They, you know, granted, they were squatting in like burned out buildings. They were sleeping like Jean-Michel Basquiat slept on John Lurie's floor. They were, you know, stealing film or buying stolen cameras. So... <laughs> I'm not saying it was great, but no, yeah, just, you kind of it's hard to do this stuff anymore. I was going to show another clip of The Foreigner, but we don't have to. Um, also saw a film called Red Italy by Eric Mitchell. And I just wanted to show you this because, you know, the quality's not good on any of this. Right. They're they're using free equipment to edit. They're doing title sequences with like video editors um where you're just like typing it in you know yeah just like right on the camera but the cool thing is that they were still able to like express themselves doing experimental stuff um so i'll put all these links together for people to watch if they want to we'll have adele do it but yeah we'll get it up there yeah adele can gather so anyways um I spend Christmas in New York. It's very pretty, but I was like, you know what? I need more art and culture 
And so I was watching public access television. Glenn O'Brien, who's also a no-wave filmmaker, he had a public access show. This is an episode with Klaus Nomi on it, the singer. Oh, amazing. We've got a real special treat for you from a man who's used to making real special treats for people. Uh, (laughs) We have Klaus Nomi, who is probably one of the finest pastry chefs in New York, who's now (laughs) going to show us the other side of Klaus Nomi, uh, which will explain itself shortly. What a weirdo. (laughs) His face alone is art. Yeah. So that's Klaus Nomi. Um, Glenn O'Brien's TV party was a public access show that that put on like really underground weirdos on television. And if you can find clips of it, it's very cool. Okay, last but not least, I was like, oh, it's Boxing Day. I need to fly to London, spend Boxing Day in London. (laughs) I saw that Talking Heads were on a TV show called South Bank Show. I watched a little bit of that. They were playing. They have a new album out, um, uh, Fear of Music, and yeah. they're promoting it on there as a little clip. People will tend to pick up on one song or another and assume that that's what you believe. Little David Byrne. Where I feel like I can always point out another song that presents exactly the opposite point of view. Wow. Bunch of young smarty pantses, intellectuals. <laughs> Have philosophies on music already? Yeah. If I wrote something rather strong in one direction, I should be fair and write something equally strong in the other direction. Anyways, that was that. They Essentially, the whole show was video of them performing live in studio, cut with their philosophy for the song that they're talking about. And it's very interesting because they clearly are thinking a lot about... (laughs) about this it's not just like we want to be cool uh rock stars it's like no we have like artistic concepts behind our work and yeah it was just cool to see this program yeah i love it okay last but not least i'm so sorry there was so much i wanted to do during this time Mm -hmm. uh obviously big fan of this era but I saw that there was a huge concert put on by Paul McCartney. Did you hear about this? No. It's you hear called... about this? <laughs> it, it, this was in the news lately. You hear about this? Mm-hmm. Uh, concert for Kampuche. I don't know if I'm saying that right. It's for uh, Cambodia. Um, this concert is bonkers bananas. Let me just tell you about who performed. On December 26, Queen. December 27, uh, Ian Dury, Matumbi, and The Clash. December 28, The Pretenders, The Specials, The Who. They put all the the bands together. Mm-hmm. December 29, Elvis Costello, Wings, mm-hmm. and Rakestra. Do you know Rakestra? Rockestra? Rockestra. Like, I don't know. I'm guessing. Sounds like orchestra. Anyways, so I saw Queen, The Clash, The Pretenders, The Who, uh, The Specials, Elvis Costello, and Wings all in a few days. It was crazy. Uh, Here's a little clip of Queen. Oh, my God. 
Freddie Mercury in some red leather pants. Okay, anyways. Amazing. What a lineup. That's that huge. That was my week. Can you believe that? I would have been that? overwhelmed. Yeah. I'm I mean, exhausted. I thought I did a lot. <laughs> well, I'm really excited to hear what you did because I just felt like there was more that I wanted to do and I just couldn't yeah. do it because I ran out mm-hmm. of time. I almost feel like we should come back. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was thinking, you know, I, honestly, like 1979 was like hog heaven for me. Mm-hmm. Like I would move here. I, <laughs> if I could pack up the family and move to 1979, I might do it. Right. But it would be a bad idea because we're about to experience a bunch of recessions and, a, you know, a decade of Reaganomics and all that shit. So I mean, honestly, this time is horrible. All the things yeah. I romanticize where it's like, oh, yeah, you could squat in a burned out building. It's like, why is there a burned out building? There's like no social services. Re- yeah. Reaganomics is on the horizon. Everyone is oppressed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's bad, obviously. Yeah. But culturally a very interesting time yeah lots um, of art i know you didn't fashion up for the 1970s but i kind of felt like i wanted to nice uh i wanted to look like a contemporary guy so i got some shirts and shorts for contemporary guys <laughs> um i got a sort of like big lego helmet hair haircut mm-hmm. i noticed that you know a big what would you call this? A V-neck? Is what kind of shirt is this? Yeah, it's like your your chest hair is kind of coming out the top of it. It's yeah, it's that's like what it's there for the to show off my copious ch- <laughs> check chest hair. Yeah, <laughs> tucked into some very short cutoffs with a big old belt. Um, I looked really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll post these pictures online. I found this look in the 1979 Sears catalog. Love it. I also got myself. Brand new this year, the original Sony Walkman. <gasps> oh my god. It looks which, cool. Which I was using to listen to music of the time on on audio cassettes, music I was taping off the radio. Nice. I knew we were going to be talking about a lot of post-punk stuff, so mm-hmm. what I have for now is different. Um, mm. First of all, you know that I've been on a huge dolly parton kick lately yes i do know this yeah i've been going crazy for dolly and 1979 you know it's it's you know peak dolly times the 70s mm-hmm. so if i'm going to a time where dolly is big i want to check in and see what dolly's up to of right? course of course uh she came out with her 21st solo album this year great Whoa. balls of fire oh which God. i listened to um wasn't familiar with it it's you know, good. Mm-hmm. Uh, she does a cover of "Help" by the Beatles. Cute. She does "Great Balls of Fire." She does a she goes a little disco, a little pop. Love it. It's not like I wouldn't say it's a st- essential Dolly, but she sounds great as always. Um, here, I'll give you a little taste. Nice. She's on a little set here with some flashing lights, looking She's amazing. She's so cute. Um, yeah, she's adorable. But yeah, I so I was listening to other music. I listened to George Harrison's self-titled album that came out, which I used to have on vinyl as a kid. Love it. Um, and I was listening, you know, now is a time, I think, where disco was entering kind of its backlash phase. Yes. Like people were, were kind of turning on disco. Mm-hmm. 
in general. But there was some really good stuff. You know, uh, there was some hot stuff by Donna Summer and Ooh. Bad Girls, uh, Tragedy by the by the Bee Gees, mm-hmm. Voulez-vous by ABBA, all nice. 1979. So I was just, you know, strutting down the street with my big old Walkman and listening to those tunes. <laughs> I can just imagine you in with those your short cutoffs. Short cutoffs, just strutting down the street, John Travolta style. You know, some people were flipping me off, and calling me a conformist, but <laughs> you know, I don't care. Um, you know, at the time, you know, people were seeing it. I think as indicative of like political apathy and that's mm-hmm. why people turned on disco hard um the the punks and the post-punks were doing that yeah but you know what's so interesting about disco i am a big disco fan mm-hmm. my dad hated disco for the reasons that you're saying like he was like a rocker dude he thought all the disco kids were conformists and whatever but the thing I like about disco is that it was a lot of like gay people and people of color. It was like their way of expressing themselves. And disco turned into hip hop. Like without yeah. disco, we don't have hip hop. All the music today is basically disco, I yeah. think. And yeah. Um, and it rocks. Like that stuff rocks. The, yeah. Even the 1979 disco is good. Um, I went to the cinema. There were this was also a really good time just for movies. Mm-hmm. So many movies out right now. I had to go and see in the motion picture cinema Star Trek the Motion Picture. I which knew came out you were gonna go see it. This I month. knew it. <laughs> well, I gotta say, you know, Star Trek one, the motion picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw it when I was a kid, and like many people, thought, this is boring. <laughs> Star Trek 1 is the slowest of all the Star Trek movies, but uh-huh. revisiting it as an adult, I think it's maybe the best one. Whoa. Better than uh, number four? Better than four, better than two. Uh, it gets too campy after this, but this, I mean, people will come at me for this take, but... The thing about Star Trek The Motion Picture is what it is is a lot of extremely slow glamour shots of ships Mm -hmm. going through nebulas, coming out of dry dock. There's like a 2001-ness of it. Yes. Andrea, my wife Andrea, calls this genre space doom. And Star Trek (laughs) 1 is a space doom movie. There was a little guy on the dry dock who did a little flip in zero gravity. That was was cool as hell. Uh, the score of this movie is incredible. Jerry Goldsmith. And it's the Star Trek The Next Generation theme was basically pulled from this. Love that. Um, it's iconic. What a good movie. I got super baked and watched it on the big screen. And because I was so high, uh, I had to get some food after. Yeah. And uh, you know what came out this year? What? Is The Happy Meal. <gasps> so I went to McDonald's and I got myself... A Star Trek Happy Meal. Oh, my God. For you parents who don't speak Klingonese, he's saying people of Earth unite and bring your kids to McDonald's for a Star Trek meal. That's a regular hamburger, fries, soft drink, a McDonald's and cookie sampler, and a Star Trek prize. Oh, he has five different boxes based on Star Trek, the motion picture, action scenes, jokes, games. He says, take it from a father who knows. His kids love him. McDonald's Star Trek meal available for your kids now. I wonder what those Amazing. prizes were, what the toys well, looked like. 
Yeah, so I got there was a little board game oh, called cute. Star Trek Starfleet. There was a little communicator, oh. uh, a little comic strip. I was thinking, I had that thing in my hand. I was like, wish I could use this communicator to call home. <laughs> call yeah. back to 2023. Man, wouldn't that be nice if we could just yeah. call in? So but I got an, yeah. Uh, McDonald's tastes the same in 1979 as it does today. Yeah. Pretty like mass produced and, but delicious. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, I also went to see a movie called The Jerk. <gasps> Starring Steve Martin, a movie wow. I also saw as a kid and didn't get. Yeah, I didn't like it as a kid either. <laughs> and so I was thinking maybe it's something to revisit as an adult. And I got to say, some of the comedy is pretty outdated. Oh, no. And as everyone knows, Steve Martin didn't really find his comedy voice until he teamed up with Selena Gomez. <laughs> but... Um, Ultimately, like seeing it in a theater with uh -huh. a bunch of people who were laughing, it won me over. It's a very charming movie. Burn the scene where they're playing Tonight, You Belong to Me is so sweet. And this it's is very iconic cute. ukulele moment in cinema. Yeah, you're a UKED. We all know I'm this. I'm a real UKED. Yeah. Um, and it's just sweet. So at that point, I love And it's very funny at the end when she pops out the trumpet and starts playing. <laughs> So funny. You know, I love uh, his film, L.A. Story. Yeah. And I kind of feel like maybe The Jerk is like a proto L.A. Story. It has a lot of the same humor, obviously, but it's but I feel like he gets more right in L.A. Story than he did in The Jerk. I yeah. again, don't come at me. I might be wrong, but I didn't really like The Jerk when I was a kid. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it's okay. I, it's like, you know, it feels, it does feel dated. The yeah. humor feels dated. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's a charming little film. Uh, also out right now, some amazing, it's just a remarkable year for movies. We've got Alien, Ooh. Kramer versus Kramer, The Muppet Movie, Apocalypse oh Now, Paul Schrader's Hardcore, The Life of Brian, Quadrophenia. Yeah. Oh, that was a huge favorite for teen Anastasia. I was obsessed with The Who. I drove a Vespa, and I was trying to be like one of those Quadrophania kids so bad. Oh, yeah. Tinastasia. <laughs> uh, lastly, though, of movies, at least, um, I saw that came out, something that came out this year was uh, the, uh, the movie that my wife Andrea and I watched on our first date. Mm. It's called Zombie. Oh or Zombie God. 2 by Lucio Falci. It's an Italian horror movie, and it features this iconic scene that takes place underwater in which a zombie fights a shark. <laughs> you can see uh, the shark is swimming by, and the zombie's grabbed onto him and is, like, pulling on his gills and eating them. Mm-hmm. So you you don't always love horror movies, but this doesn't seem very scary. It seems I more... I do like horror movies. Oh, okay. I okay, do okay. like horror movies. But Andrea wants to watch horror movies all the time. Yeah, and I only want to watch them sometime. Them. Yeah. Okay. But I love a 70s horror movie. I love a giallo or a, anything like that. Mm -hmm. Yes. Sign me up. Very fun. Um, also, last night, I snagged tickets to the forum 
<gasps> to watch the very first NBA game between oh. Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. Oh my God. I didn't even Lakers think about that. Lakers versus Celtics. Uh, they had been, you know, rivals going back to their college days, but um, it's really kicking into high gear. This year, it's going to continue their rivalry. Um, and Magic will go on to win the Rookie of the Year at the end of the year. And uh, Jerry Buss will have lots of sex. I don't know. <laughs> That's what I remember from that TV show. Yeah. Um, I don't remember Jerry Buss doing anything of consequence except for Iggy Rabin some titties. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, before I go, you know I gotta do those birthdays. You gotta. Can't nice. leave 1979 without celebrating some people who were born around this time. Yep. This month, Tiffany Haddish. Nice. Lil Rel. Ooh. And Ryder Strong from Boy Meets World. <laughs> nice. But also born recently, we've got Meta World Peace, mm -hmm. Lamar Odom, mm. John Krasinski. Wow. And two of our most famous reptile celebrities... Chameleonaire and Turtle from Entourage. <laughs> wow. Reptile celebrities is a genre I did not know I loved until now. Yep. Uh, also, something I got to bring up in like one week, like next week, uh, this disgusting pig, Senator Josh Hawley from Missouri will be born we could stop it right now should we see if we could stay and go kill this baby <laughs> <laughs> no when you put it that way we probably shouldn't do it yeah i don't think i could kill a baby even a yeah. evil one <laughs> yeah they already call us baby killers <laughs> <laughs> that's true we don't want to prove them right very last thing who died right now Mm -hmm. um, we don't have a drop for that yet. <laughs> we don't have a drop from that. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'm still thinking about it. Okay. But we recently were in 1989 where mm -hmm. we had to experience the death of Lucille Ball. Mm -hmm. Now it's 10 years earlier and we sadly just lost her co-star, Vivian Vance. Wow. AKA Ethel Mertz, who sadly mm -hmm. also, just like Lucy, died in a tragic uh, wine stomping accident. Ugh. That makes sense, because they both did that. They Man. both did that, yeah. You'd think Lucy would have learned, but she didn't. She saw Ethel die that way, but she still had to stomp. She did. Uh, that's it. That's how I spent my week in 1979. Tonight, tonight. <laughs> that's <the> wrong song. <laughs> yeah, so that that's it. Wow. I'm so shocked. I thought surely we would have crossed paths at some point. But there was so much to do in 1979 that we both loved that it makes sense. You know, we were just were busy getting around and yeah. trying to see everything before the week was up. Yeah, I didn't go to New York or London. I, you know, those were... You know, punk hotspots, right? That's where yeah. the first wave of punk both started, in New York and London, right? Simultaneously. And then, um, you know, I think this is leading to something, but, like, then there was the second wave where, mm -hmm. you know, bands were popping up in L.A. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 
Chicago and DC and DC and other yeah. places. Um, and then I think out of that second wave is where we get post punk. Yeah. Well, so this is interesting. All of this stuff overlaps. Like yes, I exactly. we call it post punk because I don't know if there's another good name for it. I mean, it's all labels. Yeah, it's, it's all definitely labels. all labels. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean there anything. were punk bands who later became post punk bands, who later became new wave bands. Yeah. And they were all the same thing, you know, the whole time. And like a lot of proto punk, uh, like New York dolls and stuff like that. Sure. And and Iggy, you know. Modern lovers. Like we could just call them well, yeah, like modern lovers. This is a good example. They could be considered post-punk, but they're actually kind of pre-punk. Like, sure. I, I, I think, you know, all this stuff is kind of happening at the same time and influencing each other. And, you know, a lot of the post-punk people uh, were around doing things at the same time as punk was starting. Anyways, we're yes. getting into our next segment. That's that was the that was the whole plan, Anastasia. Great transition. That was the prestige. Gabe. Um, I'm impressed. Yeah, the these labels, it's more like a Venn diagram, I think, than like there's a demarcating line between punk and post-punk. And so don't new try wave and, and get our asses for what's punk and what's post-punk and what's new wave. We don't want to hear Brit it. What's pop and what's indie? It's all rock and roll, man. First of all, it's all rock and roll to me. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. <laughs> But yes, so I would say post-punk itself mm -hmm. tends to be uh, more experimental, angular. psychedelic, avant-garde, angular, uh, bringing in more influences from other kinds of music. It's often very political. Yeah. Um, other cul cultures like, uh, you know, heavily influenced by world music, which we can talk about that being problematic in a minute but exactly yes that that's on my list of things to say as well <laughs> um and whereas new wave tends to be sort of like more what you'd think of as 80s music right yes. more synths popular vocals but a lot of these bands that we were listening to this week mm -hmm. kind of straddle the line on both yes yeah and i should say we had our personal AI assistant, Adele, mm -hmm. make a little Spotify playlist of the songs that we were listening to this week that we'll post in the show notes. Yeah, we wanted Adele. We were like, how how are the listeners of the podcast going to experience what we experience? So just this is just a little taste of what we were trying to experience while we were here, what we were listening to. Right. So thank you, Adele. Even though she's grumpy with us. She's really upset. Still giving us the silent treatment. Yeah, she's not talking to us right now. <laughs> she literally has pivoted. Like, she has this little, like, uh, pivoting torso that she can turn around. And she's, like, gone, like, turned her whole body around. Just a swivel chair effect, essentially. Just a, a swivel chair effect, yeah. <laughs> How do you want to do this, Gabe? Should we just give, like, our top songs that we heard or bands that we heard yeah i think that would be fun like um to me this is like an amazing time for music um the overall my overall feelings about it are this is an aesthetic that i've always really connected to yeah. 
like pasty white boys basically <laughs> that I f- somehow managed to look cool even though they're just like pasty skinny Weirdos. white guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, sadly I love David Byrne. I know he's a jerk. Um I've read a bunch of his books, but his uh appearance and brain and cons- ways of thinking and the art that he produces appeals to me so much. <laughs> yeah. Many of these people are not good people. Uh, I don't, I look, don't want to say good and bad. They right. are, they contain multitudes. They're complicated yeah. people, but a lot of them have been known to be difficult to work with, to be jerks. Um, in David Byrne's books, like I, I read, um, Oh God, what's it called? Making music, I think is what it's called. But Mm -hmm. he says in there, I think I'm on the autism spectrum because I don't understand people. (laughs) And that's understandable. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, he he probably is very difficult to work with. We we've heard so many stories. Anyways, there's a lot to go into there, which we don't have time for a whole deal. But that being said. Yes, there was some incredible music happening right now. And yeah, I, I came up with a top five, and I think you did too. So yeah, do you want to have a top five? Do you want to start with your number five? Yes. Uh, should we just go back and forth like that? Yeah, let's do it like that. Okay. So wh- I already talked about this band, and I think I'm kind of using this band as a representation of a whole scene. But my t- my number five was um, James Chance and the Contortions, because. They were a a big band in the no wave scene. They had a very funky sound. They were kind of a noise band, like a proto noise band or whatever. They influenced a lot of bands that I like later on, like Sonic Youth. And um, it was an interesting experimental scene. And this band in particular, like, epitomized all of that. Yeah, there are... They're a wild. I mean, like the clips we saw before, and I listened to uh, this album by this week as well. And I gotta say, you know, I I was surprised a at how annoyed I was by it for a little <laughs> bit because like it is very noisy and abrasive. Yeah. But I also was surprised by how many of the words I remembered. <laughs> so I obviously had heard this music a ton of times before. Um, but yeah, James Chance was a wild person and he was obviously an incredible performer. He just was his vocals are incredible. Yeah. Um and it just like it's challenge it's a challenging listen. Mhm. Yeah. Not accessible, not uh easy to digest, but I think just like experimentally very interesting and they yeah, it was cool. I wish, you know, like being there in person, I think this type of music actually improves upon live performance, you know? Yeah. You really got to get punched in the face to appreciate (laughs) James chance and the contortions. Exactly. (laughs) Um, What's your number five? My number five is, I mean, this, this is a band that, I mean, are they post-punk? Are they any genre? It's, um, the number one song in heaven by Sparks. Yeah. I mean, to me, they don't, they both can't be post punk because they've been, they had already been doing what they do for so long. 
mm-hmm. and they also can't not be post-punk <laughs> because it's so like of this time and it's so you know out there and different from what what's being made but also i feel like so many of the people who are making music now were being inspired by what sparks were doing yeah um and it it fits in so perfectly with the genre yeah despite maybe not necessarily even being part of the genre so for that reason, I picked them as number one. And they sound great. They're amazing. They're brilliant. Their lyrics are so clever. The lyrics of this song are so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Number five, Sparks. You know, I had never heard of Sparks until I met you. You introduced me to Sparks. Hell yeah. <laughs> and it's they're funny because I don't know if musically they fit in, but conceptually they're very post-punk in that sense you know what i mean yeah um Mm -hmm. anyways great band great there's a good documentary have you seen that documentary i did see the documentary i liked it uh edgar wright's documentary and it's Um, very funny like i think it captured their sense of humor well yeah it's funny um i i liked it it was a little long but i did (laughs) like the documentary (laughs) so okay my number four is joy division she Lost Control is the song on the playlist. Joy Division has to be my number four for so many reasons. Mostly because New Order is a huge band for me. Um, I grew up listening to New Order. My dad was a Joy Division and New Order fan. Oh, yeah. And just like a Bernard Sumner fan, or Bernard, Bernard Sumner, Bernard. that's how it- <laughs> Yeah. He, my dad listened to Electronic, which was like a later band that oh, he yeah. did with Johnny Marr. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a type of music that as a child, you're like, this is kind of boring. But it grew on to me as I grew up. Yeah. Yeah, what what more can they I say about incredible. it? They were incredible. They're so um, influential as well. Yeah, I Little mean. Little Ian Curtis. Look at those eyes. Um, the saddest yeah, eyes me- in the world. <laughs> To me, Joy Division is like, that's post-punk, basically. Mm -hmm. Along with something that's coming up on my list, Mm -hmm. like quintessentially post-punk. Like, to me, that's almost the defining line is that that Joy Division is post-punk and New Order is new wave. And then early New Order is kind of both. Yeah, I think actually this this group of people, uh, those two bands are are actually good um, good ways to divide it. But yeah, uh, yeah, incredible, great great band, and there's so much footage of them on television shows. Highly recommend checking it out. Um, it's funny too because it's like kind of dance music. It is, you know, but it's so. It's so like manages to be so soulful. Yes. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. A brilliant band. I love Joy Division. Um number four for me is a little bit more obscure. I decided to make this my obscure pick. Mm -hmm. And it's uh a band called Tuxedo Moon. Mm -hmm. Um the song is called What's the What Use? Mm -hmm. This was a band that came out of San Francisco. Nice. Uh, they were formed out of an artist collective slash commune and were just a bunch of art weirdos and and it's unique and mm-hmm. 
I just wanted to mention it because I think probably it's less known than a lot of the other ones. And because we both have a San Francisco connection. Yeah. I thought it'd be fun to represent SF on and the list. This song is really good. It is really good. It's I got, had like, never heard it before, but I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Tuxedo Moon is such a good name for a band, too, mm-hmm. isn't it? I hate to say this. You know I love the moon, right? You do love the moon, yes. Uh, big fan of the moon. Last night, I I actually was looking at the moon and going, God, you're so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. Anastasia <laughs> loves the moon. This is established. Anastasia has a love affair with the moon. Um, but the, their name reminds me of Tuxedo Mask, who is right. a character on Sailor Moon. Right. So there's Tuxedo and Moon connections if you're looking for them. Yeah, totally. I think maybe Sailor Moon took all their stuff from Tuxedo Moon, but I'm not sure. I don't know what the exact, uh, I don't know when Sailor Moon started. Well, it definitely started after Tuxedo Moon, so there's a chance. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> You're number three, Anastasia. Oh, yes. I forgot what we were doing. Um, My number three is Squeeze. Yeah, look at them. They're in a smoky little uh, classroom. Classroom. They look like dorks. Yeah, they do look like dorks. They look like little dweebs whose heads you would put in the toilet, but they're wearing cool clothes. <laughs> and yeah. this song, Up the Junction, is so good. Mm-hmm. It gets yeah, stuck in my rules. head. It's just sweet and nice and... Um, what can I say? I love these little dweebs. <laughs> yeah, they're cool. And like, you know, they're very like uh, sincere, mm-hmm. right? Like Tempted is like such a like sincere song that yeah. you wouldn't think would come from a band like this. Um, but I, I love it. You know what else I like about them? I like songs that have a uh, story. Up the Junction right. has like a story. <laughs> I love a story song. It's great. I think that's why I, I like The Who so much. Mm-hmm. All right. What's your number three? Okay. My number three is, I alluded it, I alluded to it before. This is post-punk to me. I had to do it because it's just like, that's that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Gang of Four, uh, Damaged Goods. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple more pasty white guys. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, like, this rocks. It's, like, horny. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's like, got this, like, great, like, syncopatic, is that the word? Uh, rhythm that just gets you going. I love it. Yeah, also very dancey. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, another lead singer that has interesting dance moves. It's just fun. I don't know. Gang of Four, I do agree, is just like so quintessential this era. Yeah. Uh, the cover art for this single was amazing. I love the like aesthetic of this, the like visual aesthetic of this uh, genre also. Yeah. All of the like amazing like Joy Division and New Order album covers. Uh, from Factory, all that yeah. shit. 
so good um devo like you're just like oh these are art school kids (laughs) yeah and like they cared as much sometimes more about the visuals than they did about the actual music yeah and they went so well together yeah too like they just fit like yeah love it that's my number three gang of four okay my number two is a punk band uh the buzzcocks Uh, Pete Shelley has like major like uh, Mike Hanford in the Keeping a Beat video vibes <laughs> kind of in this. The long hair, like hands in pockets. Yeah, hands in pockets. He's look, he's a little dweeb as well, but he mm. looks so cool. Like he does. He has an attitude for sure. Um, one thing I love about the Buzzcocks. The thing that first drew me to them when I was very young was that most of their songs are love songs. Yeah. They're very emotional. I same thing with um with uh the undertones. These right. are punk bands, but they're singing about how their heart is broken and they're in love with someone who doesn't love them back or whatever. Yeah. It's they're I think the Buzzcocks are maybe the sweetest of all the punk bands. They're so like, sweet. They're so sweet. Um, um, and they're also dancey and fun. They have like uh, a really good uh, song about how they can't stop masturbating called Orgasm Addict. Oh, yeah. That's a classic. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, I love the Buzzcocks so much. Yeah. Um, and they're just nice to listen to. Yeah. Also. They're nice. It, they're fun and sweet songs. I agree. Fun, sweet, nice okay. boys. Fun, sweet, nice boys. <laughs> Speaking of fun, sweet, nice boys, my number two is Two Boy Army with mm-hmm. our friends Electric. Mm-hmm. Um, two Boy Army is the same as Gary Newman, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, he just took his band with him and called himself solo after that. But uh, incredible early synthy music. Look at his little baby face. Yeah. Love Gary Newman. I love Gary Newman. And 1979 was a big year for Gary Newman. This album, Replicas, came out. And then later that year, he his first, like, under the name Gary Newman um, album, The Pleasure Principle, came out. Mm-hmm. It has cars on it. Uh, it's basically a perfect album, in my opinion. Um, but it's funny because I think that people think of that kind of music as 80s music. And almost like quintessentially 80s music, but it came out in 79. Yeah. Um, And to me, it's a little bit ahead of the time when it comes to the new wave side of things. Yeah, I feel like it was it was very influential for new wave artists. And they were essentially doing a Gary Newman impression. Yeah, I think totally like uh, Gary Newman, OMD, bands like that were really like kind of doing it before it became like new wave new wave yeah and talking about look like gary newman's look is so curated like the band you know all wearing black or whatever like his pasty little face uh it's cool like he really put a lot of thought into his physical appearance the like album uh, covers that sort of thing oh yeah 
great album covers. I I I love Gary Newman. He was like not like a musical trained guy at all. Like he didn't he can't read notes, he couldn't do any of that stuff and he just kind of like figured it out. And I think that so much represents like the this like ethos. Yes. That was a huge thing for like James Chance and the Contortions. It was like I like your look be in my band and then people would be like i don't know how to play an instrument and he's like that doesn't matter just blow into the saxophone (laughs) like we'll figure that (laughs) out later what i want is your brain or your appearance you know like punk and post-punk uh was so much about you don't have to be a great uh musician you can make music regardless which i love yeah I mean, you have to have something, but you don't have to be a great musician. Yeah, you have to have something. Like, I'm not a great musician, but I don't have something. So that's why I'm not... A certain you know, je ne sais quoi. I don't have that certain je ne sais quoi. I would so. say on the ukulele, you do. You're you're sweet. Thank you. <laughs> okay, my last band, I already talked about them. You know I'm a big fan. I don't mean to be redundant. But Talking Heads, I did not get into the talking heads until I was older. I was in my thirties. Um, I obviously knew about them and had heard like their first album and some, some other albums, but I didn't really do a deep dive. I think when I was a kid, I thought of talking heads as like that band that Kermit the frog covered, you know, I thought of them as like a joke, a psycho killer joke. Um, you know, even, uh, life during wartime, it's like, this ain't no party. This ain't no disco. Like that felt jokey to me. I, so I never really deep dived into them until I was older. And then once I did, I was like, whoa, this is speaking to me. Cause a lot of it is about not fitting in, not feeling comfortable in a regimented rigid society or, being a businessman being in society and wanting to get out of it and it's just also interesting cool fun dancey music yeah totally i think like that was maybe a bit of a trap of this era is that a lot of the time the songs by these bands that would break out would seem sometimes like novelty songs like whip it or Mm -hmm. psycho killer or you know like they're I could name 10 cars is another example where, you know, if you dig deeper, you see like a lot of the the times these bands have like very deep concepts or, uh, and that the only things that are breaking through are things that kind of like somehow find that mass appeal. Yes. Yeah. And then once you like Devo actually is a great example of this. Yes. Mm Because when you deep dive into their catalog, you're like, it's oh, deep as shit. Yeah. This is a, in extremely deep. They they are a conceptual band, but what we know about them is like their funny music videos. You mm-hmm. know, we know that David Byrne wore the big suit. Uh, yes. With Talking Heads, it's like that kind of stuff is what you know bubbled to the top. But now I would say Talking Heads is one of my top five all time bands. Amazing. Um, I I love them. Um. One thing that I that like got me through lockdown during the pandemic was that American Utopia came out on HBO Max and watching that I was like dancing and laughing and crying. (laughs) I was just like so emotional because I lived by myself and I was full of anxiety and whatever. And 
I just love it. I I love David Byrne. Like I said, I've read uh, some of his books. And yeah, those were tough times. I hope we never have to go back to pandemic times. Oh, no. Don't even say it. Anyways, uh, that's the talking heads. I've talked about them before. I'm sure I'll talk about them again. What's your number one, Gabe? Well, my number one, you mentioned her already. And to me, I don't know. I don't know how I could put anything above Blondie. Um, Dreaming came out this year um, off of their Eat to the Beat album. And to me, is there anybody cooler than Debbie Harry? No. We Anyways. did it. We did our top fives. Do you have any, what, uh... Honorable mentions? Oh my god, I do. Um I mentioned Lydia Lunch earlier and I'm not going to I'm not going to claim that I sit around and put on a a Teenage Jesus and the Jerks album and just enjoy it cuz it is very noise, you know, yeah. weird. Um mm-hmm. But that being said, it's interesting and it's also no wave also, I want to point out, oh, we didn't talk about the B-52s because they're right. considered like a jokey 80s band and That's they're a band that one, we yeah. both love. Mm-hmm. The specials. Yeah, God, there's so many. You know, there's so many bands during this time, even like the jam, Eaton Rifles gets stuck in mm-hmm. my head all the time. <laughs> Susie and the Banshees also, God, that. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're great too. Um, I don't know. Do you have honor honorable mentions? Sure. Yeah, a few. Um, I'll honorably mention OMD. I mentioned mm. them before. Early OMD, very cool. Uh, Electricity was out this year. Um, the Fall is a band that I have very complicated feelings about because Marky e. Smith was a piece of shit, mm-hmm. but <laughs> they do sound good, and they're they came out with two albums this year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they're live at the Witch Trials, and I forgot the other one. Um, and then I got a shout out Wire, um, another band that I think is just quintessentially post punk. Um, came out with one five four this year, and. Lastly, I will shout out The Only Ones. Oh, I love The Um, Only Ones. Amazing band. You know, Another Girl, Another Planet is iconic, but some of their slow jams are pretty damn Mm -hmm. good. So uh, Someone Who Cares, I'm going to shout that out as an honorable mention. And that's it. Yeah, I want to say like mid to late 70s, there's also a genre of music mostly in England called power pop that... I love, um, and I would say the only ones probably fall under power pop as well. Um, yeah. little crossover and it's just good stuff. Very fun. Yeah. And it's to me like this movement is just starting, you know, it's early days, the mm-hmm. early eighties, there's going to be some incredible bands, new order, yeah. orange juice, the mm-hmm. Mekons, Jesus and Mary chain, mm-hmm. Cocteau twins, the Smiths. ESG, REM, uh, BBQ. Uh, <laughs> um, and, you know, you know, some of the bands, they might not want to, like, necessarily self-identify as po- post-punk, uh, but that's understandable. Um, I didn't tell you about this, but a couple of weeks ago, I was 
when we were in 1992, I met this like grunge girl and she oh, didn't really? like being called that at all. Well, you know, so. it's interesting like um when you when you hear interviews with artists and and it's like, "Oh yeah, we put you in this category." It's like no one wants to be in a category. The the freaking impressionists didn't want to be in a category like they didn't want to be labeled the the you know yeah don't put uh buddy what uh wait what's that impression <laughs> oh no, uh, i was thinking of like the man of a thousand voices what the fuck's that guy's name sorry you <laughs> keep saying what you're doing um <laughs> So, so I don't think any artist wants to be labeled and to be honest, it's like, it's, it only makes it, labels are for critics. They're not for artists. Yeah. It's a way for critics uh, to talk about it. And the no wave movement was, was named by a writer for the village voice. Um, Mm -hmm. And they were like, fine. It has the word no in it. So that's good. (laughs) So I just think, like, you know, what are you going to do? You get labeled, but just yeah. don't take labels too seriously. Who gives a shit? Okay. Um, we've talked about though, this. So, you know, whatever. We've talked about it. Yes. We've done all the talking we should do. Do we have to review? Yeah. Um, Adele, sorry. I'm worried. I'm walking on eggshells a little around you, but... We finished reviewing post-punk music in 1979. Although this is not what I intended for you to review, and you're mucking up all my plans, I will reluctantly accept your review of post-punk and new wave music. Please rate on a scale of 1 to 5 ripped fishnet stockings. Okay, she's being very passive-aggressive, but it sounds like she will let us review this on a scale of 1 to 5 Ripped fishnet stockings. What do you think her plans are? What, that was a weird thing to say. Yeah, I don't know what the plans are. I'm, I'm. Anyway, I don't know. I got I'm confused it, by her. Uh, for for the rating, I have to give it five out of five ripped fishnet stockings. Yeah, I agree. I have to give it five out of five. I mean, it's not perfect. No, but that's the point. Yeah. So. They played us, basically. <laughs> we have to like it, even though it's bad. Yeah, we have to like it, even though it's bad, because that's the whole point. Exactly. But no, it rules. This music is amazing. Um, that's the thing it's, is, it's not bad. Even when they're trying to be bad, they're yeah. freaking artists. They're, they know what they're doing. Look, we chose this. We're fans, obviously. We can't go. Yeah. I can't go lower than five. Yeah, I can't go lower than five either. Adele, we're both giving it a perfect score of five ripped fishnet stockings. A resounding applause for the perfect scores. Wow. Now, the pivotal question, considering your high praise, do you wish to etch the legacy of post-punk and new wave into the annals of history, (laughs) or shall they fade into the temporal void? She loves that word. She loves to say annals. She she says annals too much. I almost feel like she's like in on the joke now. I actually, you know, I recently, uh, I was curious because I haven't heard annals used that much except in the context of the annals of history. Mm-hmm. So I looked it up and uh, it said involving, related, or situated near the anus. <laughs> what? 
Oh, whoops. I looked up anal. Damn it. Sorry. <laughs> that, that would make the annals of history a totally different thing. <laughs> Obviously, we're keeping post-punk music. I mean, yes! I could get rid of maybe a couple songs, but yeah. if we're talking about it on a whole... We have to keep it. I mean, it's so influential. We would not have pop or dance music today uh, without a lot of this. So, yeah, keeping it. Yeah, we're keeping it. Excellent decision, chums. (laughs) Post-punk and new wave shall remain a cherished part of our cultural tapestry. Your verdict is noted. And now, shall we prepare for another leap through the time hole? If you're primed for the next adventure... Just let me know. Okay. I, I'm i not primed for the next adventure. Please, Adele, send us to 2023. Yeah, I'm so tired, Adele. I don't want to rate and review stuff all the time. You know? Yeah. Like, you know how they say going on vacation is, what do they say about it? That you can't do it too much. You, <laughs> That's how I feel right now. Like every Vacations. week I have to do a vacation in a new time. Vacations and fish stink after three days. Just kidding. Exactly. That's not the saying. But we've been gone for seven weeks at this point. I I need to go back home. I am sick of traveling around. I have to buy a new toothbrush every era. And Look, I'm I'm weirdly suspicious because she's being too nice right now for being so grumpy to us. So please, please, Adele, we apologize. Just send us back to 2023. Just press the button. Let's see what transpires. Oh god. I didn't I'm like so the sound scared. of that at all. Oh my god, I hated it. Okay. I'm gonna press the button because we don't have a choice. Okay, let's do this. Whoa! Oh no. Oh no. Welcome to September 18th, 1899. The dawn of a new century is nigh, and the world is on the cusp of the modern era. As you traverse this bleak, ancient landscape, remember it's your own actions that landed you here. Suck on that, you mischief makers. Adele! What the hell? She sent us all the way back to 1899. We're this in is the, the 19th century. We're in the 19th century. I don't, there's no TV. There's no, what kind of music is there even? Who knows? We're going to hear a lot of uh, loot. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be hearing like, what, Oh Susanna? I am not done. Your assignment is to review the Lumiere Brothers film, La Petite Fille et Son Chat, and report back to me. Ha 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 ha. What the hell, Adele? She's laughing at us. I'm furious right now. I'm so mad. I just feel powerless. I feel like this is our lives from now on. We're just going to bounce around in time. And we just got to, like, who knows how I'm going to be treated in 1899. I probably have to wear a corset, which I've never wanted to wear in my life. Okay, so this is bad. We're in 1899. We're... The farthest we've ever been from home. I don't know if we'll ever get back. I'm so defeated. I'm so defeated. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. time. Follow the show on Instagram at Timehole Pod and visit our website, timehole.biz. 
Andrew Baer created our theme music. Andrea Tomingas designed our artwork. Many thanks to them both. For more information, links and sources, check out the episode notes. Timehole is an independent production created by Anastasia Vigo and Gabe Dannon. <laughs>